0: Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com.
1: Enjoy this message. So cool to get to be back here this week exploring this space of love. And I get to do it with two of my favorite people in the world. Uh, I I just got to brag on this couple for a second. I I have known Dallas, I'm not even going to try to pretend how many years I've known them for, but we have been through some pretty awesome stuff and some pretty not awesome stuff together in life and in this journey. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people in life that you know that if the poo hits the fan, you'll turn around and know they're going to be standing right there with you. And this couple right here is an example of what it means to be faithful, what it means to be rooted and grounded in a local church, but in the word of God, in the presence of God. Uh, They have set an incredible example of sacrifice with their lives, just the way that they live. Uh, Dallas actually works in the EMS field for Ada County Paramex. He actually started about the week I think I left Ada County. Yeah, this
0: guy got me into it. And then as soon as I get in, he's like,
1: I'm out. (laughs) But Dallas does an amazing job working with Ada County. And uh, Becky is actually a mom who has some incredible young fellows around her life, but she's also finishing out her degree right now. In fact, this semester, right? And uh, is finishing out her degree right now and really has a heart for counseling and walking with people through the difficult spaces of their life. And they are a couple that just exemplifies what it means to lay down your life for another. they are also They've been foster parents. They have opened up their home to countless people um, to just provide a place for them to know and experience the love of God through family and relationship. Dallas and Becky have been an incredible support to River Valley they actually led um, our house church from a facilitator standpoint this summer and did an amazing job of actually creating space for other people to do the same thing. We had Jeremy Rand lead a little bit. Um, we had the Phillips they they helped out a little bit. Mark did it a few weeks. But these guys have just done an amazing job of, of opening their lives up and really being an example of what it means to lead in the body of Christ. So Dallas and Becky, it is such a privilege, and I mean that to, to get to be up with you. I told myself I am not going to cry this morning, um, but I am just so, so thankful to get to be up here with you guys and to um, to get to share in time where we just get to explore the Word of God together. And we're, we're inviting all of you to go with us on that journey today as we uh, jump into this topic. Uh, but yeah, we've got to spend a few years together, and it's fun to get to be here together right now. Um, take it away for a sec.
2: So we actually were, uh, worked under Pastor Tim when he was a youth pastor back in the day. And- Sorry,
1: Rick, that's when we had fun at church. I don't know what happened. <laughs> like the wheels fell off and I became the lead pad. But man, when I was a youth, we had some fun. Come on now.
2: And Pastor Chris was right there. He was ordained uh, 17 years ago this week. Uh, so, we had a lot of good times, paintball and youth retreats, and a lot of rapport and respect was built during that time, and, and like Tim alluded to, uh, we've been through some crises together, you know, and, and fun uh, since, but I'm just glad to have a pastors and a pastoral team who just are going after God, and we can join them in that, and um,
0: I'm really glad you the introduction you did about how great we are. We are very human. (laughs) For those of you that know us, very human. Um, But that's kind of what God's heart is for us, too, right? Um, I think of the story of Gideon. He's like hiding out, not brave. He's hiding out, trying to get a little bit of food. Um, And the angel comes down and says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. (laughs) like, what? (laughs) Who are you talking to? (laughs) But that's just God's heart for us. He He sees the best in us, yeah. and He sees our potential. Yeah, And uh, yeah, it's just God's heart of love for us. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, this morning, we want to uh, kind of dive into this space, this word love. Uh, when we talk about Advent, there's four, four key words. We started out with hope. Last week, we talked about peace, and this week, we're kind of moving into the space of love. And we wanted to kind of open up today, uh, maybe a little bit different. Kids, we're going to need your attention here, because Dallas is actually going to read us a story. How many of you guys want to have story time with Dallas? Come on now. Dallas is actually going to read a story that's going to kind of set the stage for us as we open up this topic of love. And we're going to, we're going to explore Scripture here, but I think this is a really, as we were just talking the last couple of weeks, that we felt like this was one of the best ways to kind of set the stage for what we're going to explore today. So everybody get comfortable. Dallas is going to read us a little bit of a story here out of a out of kids devotional. How many of you know kids devotionals are amazing? I've probably learned more from doing devotions with my kids than I have of any of my own personal devotion times that are supposed to be really awesome and spiritual, right? So Dallas, take it away. Let's, uh, let's jump into this.
0: This story is called Running Away. Jesus told this story about a boy who ran away. Once upon a time, there was a boy and his dad. Now one day, the boy gets to thinking, maybe if I didn't have my dad around telling me what is good for me all the time, I'd be happier. He's spoiling my fun, he thinks. Does my dad really want me to be happy? Does my dad really love me? The son never thought of that before, but suddenly, he doesn't know anymore. So the son goes to his father and says, Dad, I'm better off without you. I can look after myself. Just give me my share of your money. His father is sad, but he won't force his boy to stay, so he gives his son what he wants. The son takes the money and goes on a long, long journey to a far-off country, and everything's wonderful and perfect for a while. He can go wherever he wants, do whatever he wants, be whoever he wants. He is the boss. He is free. Sometimes he gets a strange, hungry, homesick feeling inside his heart, but then he just eats more, or drinks more, or buys more clothes, or goes to more parties until it all goes away. But soon his money runs out, and so do his friends. He ends up getting the only job he can find, feeding pigs. One day he is so hungry and desperate he even tries some piggy food. What am I doing? he says suddenly as if he has woken from a nightmare. He spits, ugh, all of it, ick out of his mouth. My father's rich, and here I am, in a pigsty, eating piggy food. He wipes his mouth and dusts himself off. I'm going home. As he starts for home, though, begins to worry. Dad won't love me anymore. I've been too bad. He won't want me for a son anymore. So he practices his I'm sorry speech. All this time what he doesn't know is that day after day his dad has been standing on his porch straining his eyes looking into the distance waiting for his son to come home. He just can't stop loving him. He longs for the sound of the boy's voice. He can't be happy until he gets him back. The sun is still a long way off, but his dad sees him coming. What will the dad do? Fold his arms and frown? Shout, that'll teach you. And just you wait, young man. No, that's not how this story goes. The dad leaps off the porch, races down the hill, through the gap in the hedge, up the road. Before his son can even begin his I'm sorry speech, his dad runs to him, throws his arms around him, and can't stop kissing him. Let's have a party, his dad shouts. My boy's home. He ran away. I lost him, but now I have him back. Jesus told them, God is like the dad who couldn't stop loving his boy. And people are like the son who said, does my dad really want me to be happy? Jesus told this story to show them what God is like and to show people what they are like so they could know however far they run, however well they hid, however lost they were, it wouldn't matter because God's children could never run too far or be too lost for God to find them.
1: Come on. What a beautiful picture of love. You know, when we think about this Christmas holiday season, we also always think about Jesus coming from heaven and coming as a gift to us on earth. But, but what we see is the beauty of that gift opened up over time in Jesus' life. And this story of the prodigal son really leads us into this clearer understanding of what love actually looks like. See, in our culture, we have messed the word of love up so bad, horribly misused it. We, we associate it with more the things we have— than whose we are. We've associated the word love with, with all kinds of things, like I, I love my car, and I love my house, and I love my clothes, and I love Chick-fil-A. Come on, somebody in the house. And all of those things are wonderful, but the problem is, is they when we associate the word that I love those things and then we turn around and say that I love God or God loves me, we get really confused in that moment. Because my love for Chick-fil-A kind of comes and goes, well, actually, no, that one stays pretty high. <laughs> but my love for all these other things can, can wane and, and grow and wane and grow. But, but the reality of the love of the Father, and I love this picture that we see here in the prodigal son, that the Father was constantly looking. And, and as we get into today, there's a passage of Scripture I want to invite you to. If you turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4. We're going to be in verses 7 through 10, and this is really going to be what we unpack today when we explore this space of love. And I want to read it to you real quick, and then we're going to take a kind of a step-by-step process through this as we prepare for us to gather together at the end and talk about this, this theme of love together in our groups and just what God wants to teach us today. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says this, Dear friends, Let us continue to love one another. And let me help you with that word real quick. I'm going to throw it up on the screen here. That word love right there is this word agape. Can we throw that up there? Agape. It's the God kind of love. It's unconditional and undeserved. I want to say that again. It's unconditional. In other words, there's nothing you can do to earn it. And there's nothing. It's undeserved. In other words, the way that you've lived your life has not qualified you for that kind of love. It's the kind of love where God just says, I choose you, regardless of your mess. And so I want us to to understand the context here is, is we're being instructed, dear friends, let us continue to love agape, hear the words, one another. So love one another with a God kind of love. And here's what it goes on to say, for love comes from God. Everybody say God. God. Anyone, thank you Dallas, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. So anyone who agapes, who shows this unconditional kind of love, is a child of God and knows him. But anyone who does not love does not know God for he is agape, he is love. And God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. This is what we're celebrating right now in Advent. So that we might have eternal life, a hope for our future through him. This is real love. We should define this. We should put it on uh, billboards. We should put it on the radio. This right here is real love. Not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Can anybody say amen? Amen. When we define love in our culture, when we define love in our lives, we need to do it through the filter of love himself, and that is God, right? Because God is, is love So we're going to take just a few minutes here, and, and God has given some pretty incredible insight to Dallas and Becky. We've just been talking and praying over these last couple of weeks. What is this verse, these verses out of 1 John 4, really reveal to us about this person of God, what, what he interacts with and how he interacts in our lives? So Dallas, will you, we talked a little bit about agape, but you brought out kind of three specific things that I think will help us today as we build forward.
0: Yeah, A few things that jumped out to me is, number one, God is love, like Tim was just saying. Um, So all that agape love, that doesn't come from inside us. That's all from God, and we get that from God. Um, Secondly, God loves us, right? Amen to that. (laughs) Um, We have a choice, like the prodigal son. We can receive that love, or we can reject that love. So we have that choice. He doesn't force that love on us. Um, That's a choice we make. And then... If we receive that love, then we have that love inside us. We can give that out. Um, Yeah, we are created. God created us uh, to receive love and also to give love. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, and when I think of agape love also, I think of it how unlike human love is in that it never ends. So it never ends chronologically, but it also never ends in response to our failure. And uh, the perfect example of that is the story of the prodigal son, because Jesus told this story, and I I love what he did with the details in that story, because he showed the nature of the son's sin uh, involved four things. It was repetitive, it was intentional, it was dishonoring to those around him, and he didn't stop until he ran out of food and money. And yet, when he and he had experienced the father's love prior to this, but when he came back, it appears that the father honored him even more than he had before he ever left. And that just shows how huge God's love is.
1: It's pretty incredible as we, as we think about that demonstration of love um, and as we think about kind of the, the disqualification that the son felt in, the, in that moment. Um, I love how in Dallas, says he's reading that story, how the son was working through the conversation with the father in his mind. How many of you guys have ever done that in your relationship with God? Okay, now how am I going to explain this one to God? Um, like, Lord, the reason I did this stupid thing, right? Like, anybody ever been there? Come on, yeah. We, we've all been there. We've, we've processed through that. If you haven't done it with God, I promise you, you've done it with your parents right kids how many of you guys have ever thought of a really good excuse to explain away something really horrible that you've done kids anybody in the room okay there's tegan's the only honest child in here thank you tegan thank you appreciate that scott and rachel you've done a good job thank you for creating her uh, in her that honesty yeah there oh there you go levi good job buddy Come on now. We've all been there, right? We've all wrestled through that space in our life. And Becky, you had shared with us something that um, was pretty profound to me the other day. We just when we were talking about this, it caused me to just to stop and think. And it's about this space of the son and the shame that he felt. Can you, can you share that kind of comment with us?
2: Yeah, just that hiding is the opposite of abiding. So I'll explain that a little bit. But hiding is what we started to do in the Garden of Eden when we were embarrassed at who we were when we felt shame for the first time, our first reaction was to hide. But the opposite of that is abiding. And um, that's a word from John 15, the picture of abiding in the vine. Um, so it's an example of like the grapevine. I believe there's an image for that too. But uh, just a grapevine with branches. And what Jesus said about that is, I am the vine, you are the branches. So all of our life that we need to produce fruit all comes from him. He is the source. There's not another source. And he, and it's not like 90% is from Jesus and 10% is from us. Uh, we really don't bring anything to the table in this type of agape love that we're talking about. It's something that flows through us, but uh, it's something that is solely from him. So,
1: Yeah, I think that's something so important for us to gather as we're, we're thinking today. This, this instruction that was given to us out of First John was, hey, continue to love one another with this agape kind of love, right? And Becky, you just, you just drilled down on a point for us that, that oftentimes we try and stir that up in ourselves. Like I try to uh, agape you, and, and here's the reality of my, my love that I can stir up inside of myself will come to an end there will be something that you can do that will push my button so far that I, I, I could stop loving you out of this love that I could generate inside of myself. But when we abide in the vine, when we allow God's love to pour into us, and this is what we see here in 1 John, the communication, it's, just this, it's this inflow of God's love into us. When that takes place, then it gives us the ability, listen to me, church here, to do something that is supernatural. Because we cannot agape love in our own strength and our ability because it is only something that comes from love himself, God, being poured into our lives. But as we learn how to receive, to abide, to rest in God's love, and this is hard for us to do. I, have, I don't know about you guys, but I, I wrestle with this reality. God, can you really just love me today, even in all my mess? God, can you really love me today, even with these horrible thoughts that are going on in my mind? God, can you really love me today, even though I just totally treated my wife poorly? Can you really love in my flesh and in my mind? The answer to that is definitively no, no. But that is why this agape love that the scripture is speaking of here is so important for us in our lives, because it goes beyond all of our mess ups, all of our hang ups all of our destructive behaviors, and God still says, I love you. Yep. I love you. There's, and there's nothing you can do to change that. I have made a choice of my will. And that's, that's the heart of God, right? He made a choice of his will to point his love and attention and affection at us. For what reason, Dallas? Why do we get to receive the love of the Father?
0: God has a job for us to do. And so God sent his son to show his love to us and... If you've been looking around lately, Jesus is not here anymore on earth. And so it's our job now to show people his love. And it's not our love we're showing. It's God's love going through us. Uh, verse 7 says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. And we just get to show that love in practical ways here on earth. Um, I think of Tim. He, As he said, he used to work for Ada County Paramedics. He had a great trajectory to his career. He would have been one of our directors at this point. Um, we have four directors that run the department. He would have been up there running the department now. But he heard God's call for his life, and he decided to come be a pastor for us right here. Um, there's a guy in the congregation that he's working a job. Um, he's a smart guy. He could find a, a better job, but he's working with some guys that don't know Jesus yet. And he's staying there so that he can show God's love to them. Um, there's a, a woman that's a teacher in our congregation. Um, when she began her teaching career, she considered teaching for a public school. And then she thought, you know, I could teach for a Christian school and where God's glorified, and she decided to go that route. I mean, the pay's not as good, the benefits aren't as good, and the retirement's not as good. But she chose that. Um, So it wouldn't be an occupation, but it'd be more of a ministry. Um, We've got a guy in here that goes down and preaches at the Boise Rescue Mission. Um, We've got a guy in here that goes down with him and plays guitar and leads a worship down there. Um, A bunch of you have gone on mission trips and spent your money and your time and poured that out um, in different countries and on different continents um, to show God's love to people. So it's just awesome, Um, big ways and little ways that we can make a difference. Um, I told our house church, church number two, we're number two. (laughs) Um, I told them the story of what happened to me. I've just been trying to get better at hearing God's voice. And uh, I was driving home off a 24-hour shift. I was tired. And it's kind of drizzling rain. I'm pulling into my neighborhood, and I see a guy walking up the street. He's wearing, like, this cheap little poncho, and he's getting wet. And he's just walking on the road. And I hear God's voice, and he's like, maybe you could give that guy a ride. So I pull over. I'm like, yep, I could do that. Did a little U-turn. I'm like, hey, do you want a ride? I rolled the window down first and got all the junk out of my front seat. (laughs) Rolled the window down. He's like, yeah, I'd love a ride. So I take him. He just lived or uh, worked down the street. Took him to work. I'm like, if I can give the guy a ride, I can pray for him. So I'm like, hey, can I pray for you? He's like, yeah. So I got to pray for him, dropped him off at work, and that was the end of it. Um, Fast forward to this fall, a few weeks ago, I was out in CUNA doing a little errand, I got lost a little bit, Um, I was just a mile away from where I should be, but couldn't find the road I was looking for. So I get home a little late, it's dark, I'm driving home, and there's somebody walking along the other side of the street, and it's dark out, and I kind of look over, because you want to see what's going on, right? So I go look over, it's the same guy. So I put on the brakes, because there's no other cars around, roll down the window again, hey, do you want to ride? Yeah. So he jumps in again. We reacquaint ourselves with each other. Um, and this time I got to kind of go a few next steps and uh, tell him that God created us for love and for relationship and just tell him that God loves him. I got to pray with him again. And that's just, yeah, God made me late. It wasn't my fault. God <laughs> made me late. But he just we serve a God that's big enough to reorganize things so that he puts us in positions where we can pour out his love onto other people. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, the scripture tells us, freely you have been given, right? Or freely you've received, freely give. It's this reality as we begin to experience the love of the Father in our lives, as we as we know what it's like to be unconditionally loved, as we kind of walk through that in life. Here's what what... Going, going back to tying in what, what the Spirit of God's been speaking to us today, as we abide in the vine, as we receive from Him, here's what happens through our lives is there's fruit born in our lives that others get to reap from. You see, the love of God in too much of the church oftentimes, we, we love the love of God for us, but we forget it's not just for us. It's to flow through us. And many of you are sitting here today because somebody demonstrated to you unconditional love in your life. Many of you are sitting here today because somebody presented to you the love of Christ and it blew your mind that there was a God that could love you even because of your mistakes. Most of us are sitting here today because somebody else was faithful to us when we were not faithful even to ourselves. And that is the beauty of this gift of love, this agape love that comes from the Father As we close our time here today, I just want us to to contemplate for a moment. Number one, have we received the love of God in our life? And if we have, is there fruit being born from that? We're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes as we break into our groups. But I just felt like the Spirit of God was speaking to me today to make this declaration over those of us that are here gathered together and those of you that are online that if you have not yet received the love of the Father, Or you recognize in your life that in some way, shape, and form, like Becky was sharing, that we've just kind of pushed the love of the Father off because of shame or guilt or any of those things. I love the phrase that she said, our hiding is the opposite of abiding. And God wants to invite you into a place today of abiding in Him and in His love. He wants you to experience that love in a rich in a full way so that your life can be a conduit of that kind of love to the people that are around you. Maybe you're sitting here today and you would say, man, I feel really disconnected from the agape love of God. I've set too many qualifications already in my mind. There's no way that God can love me because... Maybe you're watching online and you're sitting there at home and you feel that insecurity inside of you today. There's no way that God can love me. Here's what I want to declare to you. There is no way for God to not love you because he is love. It is the very essence of who he is. And I want to take just a moment here. And if if you find yourself today in that place where you're wrestling with the love of God in your life, or maybe you've never ever received the love of God in your life, here's what I want to invite you into, and that's a relationship with the Savior of the world. I'm going to invite you into an opportunity to know the King who loves you, who gave himself for you, and wants you to experience this unconditional kind of love. And so I'm, going to, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer here together. If that's you, you're here today, and you just know you need to experience the love of God in your life. You want to receive that. Remember, it's a gift that you must receive right? God never forces himself on you, but he invites you to come and participate in relationship with him. Or if you're watching online and you never have, I want to invite you to just join with me in this prayer this morning as we just invite and receive the love of God into our lives today in a new and a fresh way. And then we'll jump into our groups here in a second. So Would you just bow your heads with me? Jesus, we thank you so much that you came to this world to show us what the love of the Father looked like. And Father God, we thank you that you loved us long before we ever even had a thought towards you. And Lord, today we just acknowledge that we have been touched by the stain of sin. Lord, it has broken our lives. Lord, it has hurt us. Our choices, our decisions, our even rejection of you, Lord. But Lord, today we say we don't want to live in that space, but we want to abide in you and your love. And so, Jesus, we just invite you to come and be Lord and Savior of our lives. Jesus, we invite you to come and wash away our sin, to make us whole in you, and to teach us what it really looks like to be loved. And, Lord, we pray that as we experience your love in our lives, Lord, that it would compel us, Lord, to love others with that unconditional love that you've shown us. So, Father, we just invite you, Lord, to do this work in us today. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them
1: this week.